Hi, this is Gavin from Ephem News. I'm here with Richard Atkins, the FE Commissioner, to talk about best practice and innovation in further education. How are you, Richard? I'm very well, thanks, Gavin. I wanted to see um, the sector understands the FE Commissioner and who you are. We see your picture a lot. But I probably don't know 99% of what the FE Commissioner's role is on a day-to-day basis. I wonder if we could unpack... What is the FE Commissioner's role? What is your day-to-day? I think the first thing to say is, of course, that um, I, I'm, I'm a former and quite recent practitioner. So I was a college principal for 21 years uh, in two colleges, uh, and I stepped down um, thinking, I think, that I was going to retire in, in 2016. Um, the role has developed since, since, since I started and certainly developed hugely since the first FE Commissioner, um, the late David Collins, started in 2013. The, the job's un- almost unrecognisable, really. On a day-to-day basis, first of all, I work um, part-time. It's not a full-time job. Secondly, I'm not a civil servant. I'm paid a day rate of a ministerial appointment. And the minister I currently work most closely with is Lord Agnew. And on a day-to-day basis, I spread my working week um, by being in London in the Department for Education approximately two days a week. And on those two days, um, I work with uh, officials uh, and ministers on on a a number of uh, issues, not just intervention in colleges in difficulty, but very much support for colleges, for all colleges, uh, and on some policy development work. And we also have a team of 20 civil servants who support me and my team. Um, I have 15 former principals and finance specialists, all of whom are part-time like me on on day rates, who work with me. uh, And we deploy them around the country on different sorts of activity. On the other two days a week, generally I'm in colleges, um, doing a range of activity and... um, you know, some of the mythology that's built up around the FE Commissioner role and, and the, the um, uh, endless use of photographs of me looking stern, um, yeah, that really isn't how I spend the majority of my time. So I, so I visit colleges that are doing very, very well, as well as colleges that may have some difficulty. Um, and I've always felt part of what the role is about is trying to encourage more sharing and, and more developing of best practice across the sector. I, I firmly believe that the answer to many of the challenges in the sector lie within the sector because there are some brilliant, really brilliant colleges, um, you know, better than any, you know, than, than I was ever principal of. You know, they really are some truly excellent colleges. And I've always been keen to develop or further develop, enhance the sort of ecosystem of the 240 incorporated colleges so that good practice, uh, particularly around governance, leadership, quality improvement and so on, that that should be spread around more and colleges should draw on each other for support and advice. Now, being a sector that's always been competitive, it's difficult to do that with your immediate neighbours. I mean, it always has been, but it's been particularly difficult, uh, you know, at a time of diminishing resources and falling budgets. It's really difficult to collaborate with the college down the road. But we've found that you put two colleges together, 40, 50, 60, 100 miles apart, perhaps near enough to visit for a day and come back from, works really, really well. And, and everybody who's been involved in this work says how much they learn, not just a so-called weaker college learning from a stronger one. All of the colleges involved say, God, yeah, we've learned so much from working with. And it's not just about principals, it's about leadership teams, it's about specialists within the college working with others. 
So I've been very, very keen to develop that work, and I'm glad now I've got a, a, a growing, a, a larger team of national leaders of further education and national leaders of governance to work with, uh, as well as my own team of 15. However, uh, I think the Commissioner Rail will, um, for the moment, remain famous for the, for the interventions that we do in difficult colleges. Um, we don't do that many really if you look at the number of published reports. We've done about 70 published reports since 2013. Um, they've not all been very serious cases. The number of ser very serious cases I've dealt with in, in my time is, is far less than that. Um, and I think the reason we have difficult cases to deal with is the, the, the sector has enjoyed um, since 1992 in, in, legally and particularly since 2010 quite a high degree of autonomy, you know, similar really to a, to a post-1992 university. So when things do go wrong, um, intervening and putting things right is, is difficult. Um, and I always remember two things. One, that colleges are largely funded through taxpayers' money. And secondly, their purpose is education and skills and training. And if a college, for whatever reason, loses sight of that or falls into difficulty, then there needs to be intervention. And I believe that former practitioners are able to bring uh, an analysis to the problem and, and, a, and, a, and a, a, a scale of rapid intervention um, that, that is in the long term helpful to the learners and the local community because we want to bring stability as quickly as possible and ensure that recovery starts as soon as possible. But that is a smaller part of my work and um, I, as you know Gavin I'm able to do all this from an Exeter base. Um, uh, because I travel around the country um, usually a day or two a week as well as, as being in London and it's been a very 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 interesting way for a former principal to work with with some colleagues to work across the sector and uh, since I started three and a half years ago I visited over 150 colleges. That's fantastic. Um, Richard we, there's been a recent announcement about you just mentioned it actually the national leaders of FE and national leaders of governance and there was one line that I saw within the, the release around that, which I thought particularly was interesting. You, like you said, people normally see you know, your stern face picture, which is, must be the only one, um, which <laughs> is around when colleges are really struggling. And, and in this line with the national leaders for FE and, and governance, it said there were 60 colleges have been helped so far. And could you explain a bit more about the diagnostic assessment work that you're doing and how it's helping not just those that are struggling but those that are doing well and just how yeah. to further well, the, further the system really. I guess the diagnostic assessments are, are, are one of the innovations I'm most proud of in my time in the role really. Um, that's where we go and do a, a two-day uh, private unpublished assessment in a college. Um, we've done uh, uh, over 50 now since we started a couple of years ago and the, the majority of, of, of the feedback on those has been very positive. And I really must emphasize that only a very small number, about four or five have escalated to intervention. So in the overwhelming majority of cases, it's resulted in a private report to governors and the principal from a team of three of my colleagues um, uh, following the two-day assessment. The focus is on governance, leadership, the sustainability and resilience of the college, uh, and seeking to improve things further. And we've worked with a range of um, colleagues. So, for example, we've had a number of new principals ask for one within their first 12 or 18 months, um, which I find really helpful. We've had some governors ask for them. Um, 
uh, and we've had principles. I regard it as a, as a free form of consultancy from uh, uh, high quality um, practitioners in the sector, experts in the sector. And I've always said I can't think why any governing body and, and principal wouldn't want that on a private basis. And, and the list of 50-odd colleges we've been to is not in the public domain. Um, but as I say, the overwhelming majority have been very helpful. And in, in, in my annual report for 2018-19, which, believe it or not, is about to be published because of Purdue and two general elections last year is about to be published, we've given two or three case studies of colleges that have had a diagnostic assessment that were prepared to say something publicly. But the, um, the majority are, and I think that's, that's our most interesting work and our most worthwhile, and we have very clear examples of where we've been able to help principals and governing bodies steer a college back on course or pull it back from, um, from, from, from the edge in some cases and get it back in a stable position. And that's what I'm most proud of, really. And looking at what you said already around sort of bringing the sector together and helping the sector sort of to work together to, to 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 sort of come in before there's there's real big drama. How have you seen that we can sort of remove the stigma from the sector for asking for support before it's too late? I think think we've made some progress, but but you're right. I mean, there's still clearly are. You know, I had a chair say to me not not so long ago, "Oh, everybody in our region knows if the FE Commission has been anywhere near a college, we certainly wouldn't want that at our college." Um, two things. One is me continuing to spread the word about diagnostic assessments and similar activity through podcasts like this. Uh, and the other is the, these things take time and confidence because funnily enough the neighbouring college to the one that that chair said that to me from recently had a diagnostic assessment and told me how helpful it had been. I had both the chair and the principal contact me separately to say that it validated many of the things they were thinking of doing but actually suggested one or two more ideas as well. Um, that was a relatively new principal, being there about a year, a bit more. He told me it was remarkably helpful um, to validate with governors some of the thoughts he had after a year in the job. Um, so these things take time. This is about culture change. Uh, I would have bitten off, as a principal, I would have bitten off the hand to have, um, in, indeed, um, you know, we used to have our self-assessment report uh, externally validated each year and we used to invite consultants in, including um, David Collins, who we had more than once, the, for, the former commissioner. And of course, in those days, you paid consultants and you, you paid big firms, possibly. This is absolutely, there is no cost to this. And I can assure you, the team that we've put together, the 15, have all been through competitive interviews to join us. They all have uh, long and and um, uh, high high quality uh, CVs within the sector, and and um, I, I'd encourage any college, uh, even one that isn't facing very serious difficulties. But every year you're putting together a budget in what's been difficult times. Um, you've got a self-assessment report to do. Um, you can just wait for the next Austin inspection, obviously, when when that comes. Um, but even that won't look at governance and leadership and corporate leadership in the same way. And, and um, I, I'm keen to, to ensure that we have the highest quality sector we possibly can. And um, uh, that, that's why I've spent 40 years in the sector. And uh, diagnostic assessments for me 
and the deployment of our NLGs and NLFEs to particular colleges are, are one way of trying to ensure that standards in the sector continue to rise and that many of the lessons learned within the sector are shared widely amongst the colleges. That leads my next question really. You've seen colleges that are excelling, those that are struggling. What advice or strategies would you offer to senior leadership teams and governors to be to be sort of thinking about so as they can you know, continually improve and continually yeah. move things forward for the sector? Yeah, the gap between the high-performing colleges in the sector and the handful that are really struggling is, is, is huge. So I think the first thing I'd say is to have realistic ambitions to always look to improve you know to take a sporting analogy it's always about the next game um, for me it's always about the, ne the next year yeah, colleges run on an annual cycle in terms of quality and funding and student experience and every year colleges should be looking to be better next year than the year they're in uh, not all aiming to be you know missions that tell me they're going to be outstanding within three years I'm much more interested in colleges that say next year we're going to be better than this year we are going to our students' achievements will improve, our learner feedback will improve, our financial position will become more stable, and the year after we will hopefully do a little better again. So it's about gradualism and realistic ambition. Um, I think that governance and leadership are the backbone of the college, and um, uh, uh, I see that in several ways. One is that when I go to the weaker colleges, I still find many brilliant teaching staff working very hard that isn't why the college is failing. The college is failing because of a failure in governance and leadership uh, and around that. So, so I think governance and leadership are the backbone and, and that has to be got right and standards have to be high. Uh, transparency, objectivity, the right mix of challenge and support, um, collegiality but professionalism. And a lot of these are values. Um, um, you can't write them all down and make them legal requirements but you have to have the right values and you have to build the right professional relationships build the right board with the right skills mix put together a, a, a sound uh, leadership team uh, and middle leadership and have distributed leadership within the college um, these are all essentials to putting together a really good college luckily that's the majority of colleges and they're really hard to run uh, the funding um, for colleges is particularly complex and, and less stable than university or school funding and therefore it's a difficult job and um, yeah, I've been to some colleges that are yeah, just tr truly world class and making an enormous contribution to their, to, 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 to their local community. Um, so for me if you're in a weaker position uh, seek to improve year on year, seek to get governance and leadership right if you get that right and retain a relentless focus on why you're there, which is teaching, learning and assessment, education and skills training, you'll get there. And it might take some time. I mean, you know, uh, my second college uh, here in Exeter, uh, I arrived in, uh, I think it was the first time we self-assessed as outstanding was seven years, eight years after I arrived. Um, I, I'm not embarrassed by that. Uh, it, it took some time. We self-assessed uh, uh, at various levels along the way. And once we got to outstanding, we worked really hard to sustain outstanding as, as the college st still is and under, under um, John Laramie's leadership now. And um, you can't build um, an outstanding college in, in, 
quickly uh, 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 and if you try to uh, and you allow it to go to your head then then it'll all fall apart very quickly you need to build something that's long-term and sustainable uh, and gets the right community and stakeholder buy-in and when I see that um, it's fantastic we see a lot in everything we talk about here is around college and the sector is being asked to be much more collaborative so providers employers colleges coming together not saying we should but do there's so much benefit from the FE commissioner network could you see or would it be a good idea for the sector to start to think about having a similar support network for training providers to be able to offer a similar consultancy service or to help with those yeah. that, are, that are struggling i think it would the challenge obviously is the number of providers at the moment it's a very large number of providers so you may need to do it on on either a regional basis or on the basis of large providers and small ones it's something i'd always be very happy to to alp about we talked about the department at one stage about whether there should be a similar role for independent training providers a while back um, i haven't talked to anybody about it recently it's clearly beyond my scope and capacity and ability it's really not not within my sphere. It's colleges that I'm familiar with, and to have a network of only two hundred and forty, of whom fifty fifty five are sixth form colleges, uh, and uh, what's that? One hundred and ninety are, are GFE. Um, that's a fit. Yeah, there's only there's one hundred and fifty universities now, so there aren't that many more colleges. It's, it's it's not a huge national network. So to build this collaboration, build these networks, uh, allow these national leaders to have an impact. So we now, when we do a diagnostic assessment, we not, yeah, I would say quite regularly recommend a continuing support for a while from an NLFE or an NLG or both. And in an intervention, we always do. There's always, and you've seen in a small, very small number of cases, we've had NLGs go in as interim chairs. Um, sharing that experience around the sector to me is, is really, 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 really critical. And, and, um, I think it is bringing benefits and the most obvious way, I, you know, I was just delighted that we've reached 81% colleges now, Ofsted, good or outstanding. When I started it was 60, 67%. Um, I hasten to add it's got little to do with me, it's, all, it absolutely, it's got to do with the calibre of governance and leadership and the, and the great staff who work in the sector. But that tells me that things are improving, that doesn't tell me that things are getting worse, it tells me they're improving. and. Um, uh, I'm very, very encouraged by that. I would have thought that the independent training provider system uh, could reflect and develop some similar sort of networking. Richard, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Why not click subscribe so you can be informed when the latest next individual podcast or podcast mini series from FE News are going to be released?